All right. I want to thank you for coming back on the show. Mike, anytime, anytime you need me to come on the show and provide a warning for anything, I'm here for you and your fans. <laughs> the many listeners on the Creative Control Network. What do you think, real quick, uh, what do you think that I switched networks? Oh, I think this was the best the best decision ever. I knew, yeah. knew it was a long time coming. Now, yeah. um, you don't you don't know Wasserf Sniff personally. You don't know much about no. him, but I did no. show you his reaction to what happened when I switched networks. And what what yeah. did you say? You know what? I that man is a baby. He's a baby. <laughs> he's, he seems like a nice man. Yes. But he's very he's very emotional. Oh yeah. He's yep. he's a baby. He's very very emotional. Yeah, as soon as he found out, he put those two tweets out. Yeah. You saw those. And then he it's did. It's selfish a, he, of him. Very selfish. selfish of him to think. It's very selfish of him to think that you would remain on his network for the greater good. Yeah, forever. Yeah, forever. That's like expecting, you know, you know, an employee that's, you know, on the bottom of the totem pole to just stick around just because. Yeah. You got to spread your wings. He was He was holding you back. That's selfish of him, but he needs to grow up a little bit. Welcome to the Mike Durban Show, episode number 32 on the Great Creative Control Network. What an, what an honor to be on this great network, and with me right now is the leader, the mastermind of the Creative Control Network, Mr. Joe Feeney and Hughesley. Watch the crack. Wait, wait a minute. What, how come I get all the accolades? I get like the mastermind, this and that, and then you're just like, and Hughesy too. Well, well I'd be too. jealous of my uh, great <laughs> listeners too. Now, uh, if I sound like I'm wearing a retainer for this show... There's a reason for that. I don't have a retainer in. What happened was yesterday I had oral surgery on the roof of my mouth. Yeah, no, not that oral surgery, Joe. Oh, uh, that's next week. Gift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yesterday, yeah, I had. Um, well, let me take you back. About two months ago, I had. I went to the dentist. Uh, not Britt Baker. I wish it was her, but um, my dentist is also a very attractive female. Oh. She did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. She did uh, a standard x-ray on me, and then she was alarmed at something. She said, hey, there's a shadow on this um, on your upper jaw. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And she thought it was a cyst. Mm. So she sent me to a uh, an oral surgeon to have a 3D scan of my head. And sure enough, it came back that there was a cyst right behind my uh, upper jaw, behind the teeth. Mm. Yeah, so that was not good. So about the X-ray and stuff, do you think you would have eventually noticed? Did you feel anything off? I had no. I've, I've had no pain, nothing. I would have never noticed it. So uh, she, they said it, I eventually would have experienced pain from it, but um, it was good that they noticed it now. So yeah. So yesterday I went in, had the surgery. They cut the roof of my mouth, uh, right behind the the teeth line. They cut the entire, you know, your first, your front four teeth. They cut the gums behind that, peel it back, and then they cut into the roof of the mouth, remove the cyst, which was uh, – he said it was about the size of a marble in the jaw. So 
they cut that out, removed it. They're going to send that off to uh, for a biopsy, see if it's cancerous. Hopefully it won't be. Uh, yeah, then they sewed me back up. I got a bunch of stitches in there now. So now it feels like I'm wearing a retainer. So, And I think also since you had a, a surgery cutting into your mouth yesterday that today you might be violating the Creative Control Network drug policy. Ah. Uh. Once you're, uh, once I get your urine FedEx, I'm going to need to see any prescriptions. And uh, if you need to send me the whole prescription, uh, I'm pretty sure that's totally legal too. So Yeah. Just so I can examine them. No Vicodin, though. I was disappointed they didn't give me Vicodin. Do the junkies ruin it for everyone? Yeah. You know. Any- when I got, my, I got my wisdom teeth pulled out about 10 years ago, and they gave me a shitload of Vicodin. Well, 10 years ago, that was, that was the time to <laughs> that was the time <laughs> just fucking wrote prescriptions like maniacs. Now in the States, it's like you could break your leg, and they're like, here, have some of this. Very strong ibuprofen. Like, oh, yeah. They ain't gonna cut it. Like, what are you a junkie? Yeah. So. so that's that. So I'm I'm left talking like this for who knows how long. And they say these stitches are gonna dissolve. We'll see. But uh, you know, this is what's today, the 17th. Yeah. So uh, this Friday night, WWE SmackDown comes to the Allstate Arena. Saturday night, NXT War Games. Sunday is the is the Survivor Series, and Monday night is Raw. All in the same venue, the legendary Allstate Arena, and I don't have tickets for any of them. And then two days after that, AEW comes to the Sears Center again. Oh shit! So there's five big wrestling shows within uh, a seven-day period here, and I'm not going to any of them. They were just in Chicago in August, right? Or yeah, all out, all out. Uh, Sold out. What did that sell out in like 30 seconds? What was the record? Yeah, it was they they sold out quick as shit for for the Chicago shows, but it'll be interesting to see what the attendance is there, with the recent attendance woes they've had for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, last time I checked, uh, there was many many tickets available for this Dynamite show. So yeah, they have. Uh, it seems like they've bitten off a bit more than they can chew. They need something, and I, and the reason I sound funny saying that is I'm trying to think while I'm saying it. Without Punk now being available, I cannot think of anyone they could sign. That would be like this crazy fucking, you know, can, I can cur- I can curse. It's my fucking network. Yeah, you can do whatever uh, you want. <laughs> like, wait a minute. There's no one to make a giant splash or even get the mainstream mainstream publicity or anything. I mean, who? I can't think of a fucking one free agent or anyone in Japan or even Impact, really, that AEW could sign. Everyone would be like, boom, I got to see this. Like, they yeah. would have for a punk appearance. So uh, I know who AEW could get that could maybe draw attention. Ryback? Conor McGregor. Yeah, well, for sure. That's that's it. So now it's it all depends on him because uh, like MMA is not that popular anymore. Well, I mean it is, but it's not as popular. Um, yeah, but this is a AEW is dying. Their fans are annoying, so people don't want it to do well. Like actually, I've become friends with a lot of brand people simply over the fact that we hate AEW fans. Yeah. That's the, the and that's the reason that I'm not going to any of these shows. Like I said on Keep It 100 last week, I cannot be around these fans anymore. I cannot stand them. And I'm not saying I'm some cool guy or anything. I love I, I go to comic book conventions and stuff like that. But these uh, the modern day wrestling fans, man, they are despicable. They are the lowest of the low. They're annoying. I cannot be around them, man. It, it it physically hurts me to be near them. So you see what's happened to the fan base, and that's something that we we talk about on Keeping One Hundred a lot. Where like Conan's fascinated by the fracturing of the marks, you know, where like 
that like he like he considered all considers all the fan marks right but he's like but these marks over here they don't fucking want to be associated with these marks at all like it's changing and blah blah, blah. And, yeah. and that's absolutely accurate because five years ago i was not ashamed to be a wrestling fan i was not ashamed to go to raw i wasn't ashamed to go to the ecw arena conventions whatever i would do it today i don't want to be a part of it so but it's uh, it's basically uh if, if we're all marks, fair enough. But if anything, uh, we're casual marks at best. So if you guys were in Chicago like me, uh, and this weekend or this next week was coming up, if you were to go to one show, which one would you pick out of these four WWE shows and then the um, the Dynamite the following week? Which one of those would you go to? Joe, you went to uh, Dynamite about a month ago. What What do you think? I think if I had to choose, I would choose Survivor Series just because what I'm hearing from you guys is the, is the card's very good. AEW was fine, actually, and I, and I enjoyed some of the things that you guys might not have enjoyed if you went. Like the Marco Stunt stuff was really entertaining live. Watching mm-hmm. it on TV, I might have been like, what are they doing? But live, they pulled it off, you know? Yeah. But then again, now I've seen it. I don't necessarily know that I'd go to see Dynamite again unless there was something really great advertised before the show. You know what I mean? Like in this case, I knew I was getting a Jericho title match. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll go to that, you know. So I would probably choose Survivor Series. So, Joe, I finally got my Tiege Hanley in the mail the other day. Very nice. 30-day supply, right? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing, man. I've been using it for about five days now, and it, it's not complicated at all. It's so easy to use, even for idiots like me. There's a detailed instruction card that comes with it. Step one, two, three, four, five, whatever it is. It is so easy to use. There's the uh, the daily wash. There's an AM lotion that you put on in the morning. It's got sunscreen. I'm telling you guys, don't go out in that sun. It's brutal. It's going to age you. It's going to it's gonna make you look rough, man. So put on that AM lotion with the sunscreen. It's like 15 SPF, I think. There's a PM lotion. And my favorite, like Conan says, it's that eye cream. Right, right. Usually you tried that? Uh, I haven't got around to the eye cream yet due to being naturally good looking. But I've got to yeah. say every teach Hanley is that... Uh, for those who may or may not know, I'm a bit of a drinker. I like to stay out late and uh, disco dance all night long and stay a little longer. Woo! But uh, that facial scrub stuff is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I'm coming 35 in about uh, six weeks, and I can get away, I would say, being uh, 29. <laughs> yeah, there's a scrub in there that uh, you use. I think it says twice a week you use the scrub. Mm-hmm. It has this minty, f- uh, fresh, you, it smells like mint and it feels like mint. It makes you feel so awake and energized, and uh, there's little beads in there that exfoliate your skin. It's amazing, man. And then the eye cream, like I said, it's, it's phenomenal. There's also an acne system uh, for people with oily skin and whoever needs help with that. This product is so amazing, Tiege Hanley. And if you head over to Tiege.com slash Mike Durban, that's T-I-E-G-E, Mike Durban, D-U-R-B-A-N-D. You will save 10% on this uncomplicated skincare system. Teach Hanley. And use these favorite holidays coming up, Christmas. I, I think uh, the, the Christmas idea is phenomenal. Like you said, you just go to teach.com slash Mike Durbin, get your 10% off. I've already bought a skincare system for one of my friends because his son is a pimple-faced little geek, and he needs the acne system, and his dad's not helping him out with his skin issues. And the kid, you can tell how depressed and sad he is. So leave it up to Feeney to get him tiege hanley to take care of that pizza face of his all right everybody so check out tiege.com slash mike durband and it helps support the mike durband show
All right. Well, on this show, I have a uh, very interesting interview with a young gentleman named Ashton, and he uh, is a cemeterian. Do you know what that is, usually? No. Why don't you tell me? It is a uh, person that works in a cemetery. Wow. Yes. Um, So he is going to tell me a bunch of uh, insider stories on what happens when you die. Uh, He has embalmed a body, so he has an interesting story about that. And um, just a lot of creepy stories of uh, what happens, uh, what they need to do to remove the toxins from a body before they put it in the casket and put it in the earth um, because something can happen. Something very destructive can happen if you don't seal that casket correctly. Has he uh, does has he taken any bones and kept them in his apartment? He has not told me that, but I, I think I asked him. Um, you know, is it possible that people's jewelry is getting stolen? Like, what happens when you're at the your service for your loved one, and then when when everybody leaves, you know, what happens? Is there a chance that uh, the workers could pry open the casket and and start stealing stuff? And, yeah, uh, where's my grandmother's cunt piercing? Oh, whoa. Uh, uh. whoa. What's on the Husey Hello Show this week? Uh, comedian Zach Amici uh, from the Real Ass Podcast. It's quite the, an X-rated interview. And also uh, Joe Feeney and Jeff Erstad debate Guns N' Roses versus uh, ACDC. Yeah, and the fix was in. Pay no attention to that segment whatsoever. It's bullshit. I clearly came out ahead, and uh, those guys had it. They plotted against me before I was ever even being recorded, and I'm well aware of it. I've seen the screenshots. Oh, by the way, Joe, uh, did you ever see the screenshot? don't know if you remember. It was of this wrestler. Uh, he used to have a podcast with the guy. Oh, yeah. uh, it's weird. I don't know if you remember, but he mentioned how he couldn't stand the guy, and he warned others to not get involved with him. He said he was promised, well, it was the term of Bill of Goods. He sold a bill of goods. He didn't make any money. He used. He said fucking Mark a few times. It was, it was good stuff. It was. It was amusing. Yeah, uh, it, it'd be weird if, if somebody ever sent that out, and uh, it was probably really embarrassing for uh, someone there, man. Yeah, I would. I would hate to see. Uh, you know, let's say an account something like, you know, CCN fan for life maybe could possibly be an account, and then send out that screenshot. And it wouldn't be totally unrelated to any any of us. Well, especially not Mike. But me and you, Husey, definitely would have nothing to do with that. Yeah, that that would be a shame that if, you know, if, if, if especially if somebody underlined the fact that uh, that wrestler said he lied about the, uh, the downloads and the business side. Yeah, that would be unfortunate if those if those things were highlighted. Yeah, shame. Well, over on uh, also on Creative Control Network, how many uh, CCD shows are we going to get this week? It's supposed to be every day, but it hasn't been. It's been about three per week. Well, what yeah. are we going to get? Creative Control thrice weekly. I don't know. Probably three or four. Uh, obviously, we recorded uh, some stuff yesterday with uh, – or today. I don't even know where I am right now. We recorded some stuff today that will come out this week. I also um, may have a local comedian friend of mine, uh, Mike Rainey, on who has been uh, – he has starred on The Tonight Show. He's a big effing deal. And then uh, Vinny Paz, I believe, I would like to have on and talk uh, some music with. So that should be the lineup this week as long as I get it on the can. All right. And also uh, on my Pro Wrestling T-Store, there's a new T-shirt up there, and it is the Who the Fuck is Adam Hughes T-shirt. 
And that's a tribute to the famous Who the Fuck is Mick Jagger shirt that Keith Richards used to wear in the 70s. Uh, all proceeds for that T-shirt go to the It's Husey Hello Show. So if you love Husey and you want to support him, get that shirt. There's a sale this Friday starting at Perez and Tees. No coupon code needed. 20% off. You can get this great shirt for just 16 American dollars. Exactly. Check it out. And check out the new um, Mark World Order t-shirts in Joe Feeney's store. Those will not be around forever, people. Trust me on that. So get them while you can. There's two different versions, a black and white and a wolf pack red and black shirt. Get, get, get them both. Why not? Exactly. All right. I want to thank Joe and Hughesley for coming back to the Mike Durban Show. Thank you very much. Absolutely. You're welcome. Merry All Christmas. Right. So, yeah, so uh, a mutual acquaintance of ours, uh, Gary, uh, who is GDanP78 on Twitter, he referred you to me for an interview. He said you have a very interesting job. So here you are, Ashton. Uh, what part of the country are you from? Um, I am from Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. Is uh, Do you have a new mayor there? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, a wrestler known as Kane, I believe, yeah. is the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. Now, uh, coincidence, uh, your mayor, his father was a was a uh, funeral worker. Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't actually. No. Yeah, his name was Paul Bearer, and he um, he worked in uh, the funeral business. Oh wow! Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, he's since passed, but um, that was his uh, one of his that was his early profession. So yeah, that that's the that was your mayor's father. Wow, that's actually very interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, so what is your official title? Um, me personally, I would like to call myself a, a cemeterian or groundskeeper of the grounds, which it is my duty not only to make sure that people's loved ones' spots and grave spots are maintained, but it's also my job to keep up the grounds, weed eat, mow, um, set uh, headstones, also known as markers mm-hmm. or tombstones. So basically... I wanted to go over the basic foundations first of how the life of a cemeterian works, of the job I do. And okay. the first thing I want to clarify first to everybody who ever listens to this video is it's all meant with respect and dignity and for the loved ones out there who go through this. Okay. And so I want to make that clear first, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, so basically, to get the start, the family comes in, they talk about what they want to do, their arrangements. And I work out in gardens, so that means that I have to find a spot on the map of that certain garden, and then it'll be in a number, like 5062, for instance. Mm. And that determines their plots or their spots that their family owns. So I put them in A or B, for instance, and then they have to sign the term and order, which gives me permission to open and close the grave. And then it works from there. Okay. So you... You dig the grave? Uh, yes, sir, I do. I okay. use a backhoe. Okay, so it's not you're not using a shovel like in an old uh, Frankenstein movie. No, sir. No, no. not unless okay. it's a disinterment, which is uh, the digging up of someone. Uh, how often does that happen? Uh, usually never, unless it's upon the family's request. So, uh, how did you get into the business? Well. Uh, believe it or not, I was 13 years old and, uh, wow. I am, and I just turned 21. So 
<clears throat> excuse me. I've been in the business for going on eight years now. Um, it was a family business. Mm. Uh, and I kind of just grew up around um, the death care industry my whole life. And so it just kind of took on from there. And uh, my father actually audited cemeteries since 1997. Wow. So he used to be an accountant and audit cemeteries all over the country. Mm. So he used to do that. Okay. And then he wanted to own his own. Nice. So have you done any other uh, jobs in the industry or just uh... – Me personally, I don't actually deal with the dead bodies themselves of okay. loved ones. Um, I actually am just the maintenance man that works outside. Yeah. But um, I do have a lot of good friends who I have helped embalm a body once. Um, I actually have a few stories I'd like to share with you today. Sure, sure. Um, so in a state in the south, I believe it was Alabama – uh, I was told I could talk about this. Okay. Um, there was actually a body who blew up out of the ground. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. So what happened is in that cemetery, um, the toxins, because the casket was not sealed right, and the toxins built up. And there was a family about, I don't know, a good few feet away, and um, it was being recorded at the time. Uh and they were praying, and they were talking about when Jesus comes back, because that was their religion, yeah. um, was Baptist. They, <laughs> at that moment, they said when Jesus comes again, the body actually blasted out of the ground. Oh, my. And there's a thing called the long crypt, is which is what the casket sits in. Mm-hmm. And so there's a concrete top that goes on top of that. And you heard it flying through the air. And it was actually a really tragic incident, um, but that was definitely interesting. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't happen every day. So um, the casket, before they put it in, they seal it. Yes. Is it locked? I believe so, yes. Uh, you have to seal it a certain type of way. Okay. Because if you don't, that is the cause. That can happen. Okay. Because the pressure is not able to get out. Ah, uh. The funeral home prepares the body, of course, mm -hmm. and they have a viewing probably about that morning or depending on what time. Uh, it can be early in the morning to late afternoon. And then my job is to make sure that the grave is dug three feet, three and a half feet wide lengthwise mm -hmm. and length, it's eight feet long. And I like to dig about 63 to 64 inches deep Okay. because you need to have that certain depth by law. You need to have that. Yeah. So my job is to set up a tent, a chairs, a lowering device with rollers, which that's what you put the casket on for when the family gets there to view the ceremony before they leave at the funeral. And then after that, I lower the body in the ground with the lowering device. Okay. All right. So um, so you said you helped embalm a, a, a body once. Mm -hmm. um, I have smelled uh, – is it formaldehyde? Is that what they put in there? Um. Or are there, are there other chemicals? There's probably a few different chemicals, right? Honestly, so I can't tell you exactly what chemicals are in it because I don't have enough knowledge to really speak on the funeral home aspect. But I can yeah. say that they put a tube in your throat. Ooh. One tube here. That pumps the embalming fluid inside your body while there's a tube in your right side mm -hmm. pumping the, the blood out of your body. Okay. So wow. it's... They fill one thing in as they're taking the blood out. 
Yeah, I sm- I went to the uh, medical examiner's office once on a field trip, um, and just the smell that was in the air in that place it was it was something I will never forget. Something you it's it's unlike anything you've ever smelled before. It's not oh, like yeah. garbage or you know waste or anything. It's it is a definite smell. Um, so when the caskets are locked, like, is there any chance bugs or worms or anything can get in there? Uh, no, because thankfully, uh, so I was talking about a long crypt, which yeah. is a concrete box mm-hmm. that the casket sits in, and the reason is is because you don't want your grounds contaminated with human soil. Ah, with human remains. I'm sorry. So, and plus, it's very uh, respectful to do it that way, I believe. Yeah. And so, the casket really stays intact pretty much forever. Unless, you know, of course, over the course of years and years, you know, of course, the water in the ground, because of the moisture, you know, will eventually kind of deteriorate the concrete. But you also have steel long crypts, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the laws regarding graves? Like, can the cemetery move them whenever they want, or if somebody buys a plot, is that how long is it guaranteed that that casket is going to stay in there? Okay, so I'm going to explain it to you, kind of a really simple analogy. So, mm-hmm. picture yourself buying a piece of land. Okay? okay, let's picture you buy that piece of land. That is your spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, you buy that little piece of land. That is your spot forever until. Let's see a religious till Christ comes again. Let's use that analogy. <laughs> forever. Forever. Yeah. yeah. So um, the people buy the plot or the part of the garden, whichever mm-hmm. garden they want to be in, and then they buy that spot, and that is their piece of land forever. That is their spot forever, unless they personally choose to deed it or sell it in the paper to somebody okay. else. Mm. Um, is this a career that you want to stay in You know, for the rest of your time? You know, that's a very good question. Um, I actually would would have loved to be a tattoo artist. I was a, a apprentice tattoo artist for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my biggest passions in this life, I would have to say, is art. So I'd like to be a tattoo artist still in the future, absolutely. Um, yeah. I have also thought about being a chef. <laughs> so, But art's honestly where I'm at. It's, that's always where I've been hooked. Yeah. Is art. Well, you're still young. You said you're 21? Yes, sir. Just turned. oh, you're a baby. You got your whole life in front of you. You can, yeah, man. You can, you can uh, go in whatever direction you want to go, man. You're 21. Yeah. Do you recommend the uh, the death care industry for people, or is it is it a certain type of people that have to go into this? Like, um, it seems like it would be a very quiet and uh, not really a social job, right? So here's the here's the main thing you got to consider. You're dealing with the public every single day. Mm. You have lost somebody, or I'm sorry, they have lost somebody that's been very important and dear to them, their mother, their fathers, you know. So whoever dies, you got to be, you can't just think of money, for instance. You can't just think of yourself. You always have to be respectful of the family because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's really not about anybody else at that moment. It's about helping that family get through the time that they're getting through because it's hard. When you lose a loved one, I understand. So I have to say, if you want to help people every day and you feel like you can deal with the sadness of the grieving and helping people overcome that, or try to anyway, I believe that that field would be good for you. However, I would say that's not for everybody. Yeah, definitely. 
because I've worked with guys who who've done it a day and never came back. I've worked with people who've stayed years. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's personal preference. Well, uh, is there anything else that you would like my listeners to know about your line of work or the death care industry in general? I would say stay humble. And if you ever want to come in this industry, you know, uh, you have to have an open mind. And if it's not for you, it's okay. Yeah. You know, go with your passions, follow your dreams. Um, And I actually want to talk a little bit about decomposition just a little bit. Sure. If you had time for that. Oh, yeah. I'd love to hear about it. Um, So the body actually, a body has three stages of rigor mortis. Your body gets extremely stiff. It Mm -hmm. softens, stiffens and softens again, which helps the body actually break down because, well, (laughs) this may be a little graphic to viewers, but yes, your stomach acids and the toxins in your stomach and everything else help break down the body. And if you're embalmed, it can take up to five to six years to decompose. Um, but if you're not, mm-hmm. which in some religions like uh, Jewish religion, you have to bury them in 24 hours because they don't want their loved one embalmed. So you have to bury them in 24 hours because oh wow, that's part of their religion. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Are there any other uh, different religious customs that you have to uh, adjust to, like Muslim or any other? As a cemetery in, in the death care industry, you cannot discriminate against any religion, period. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, even if Satanists wanted to come in, just for an instance, we cannot discriminate towards them. Um, I have personally seen uh, Jewish funerals. I've seen... I've seen a lot. I've seen a bunch of different fu- funerals. Um, I've Viking funerals. Uh, Vi- really? Viking, uh, Viking funerals? Viking funerals were pretty interesting. Oh. They would actually have a man stand on a hill. They would actually fire an arrow on fire that was into the casket. Yeah. And they would actually push their casket or whatever they had their, bod- their loved one on in a boat, and they would have him sailing and they'd shoot an arrow, a flaming arrow into the boat. Okay. And then, well, yeah. And that takes care of that. Yes, sir. Ah, well, uh, we learned a lot here. Um, it's a very interesting uh, industry. I've always been curious about it. Uh, thank you for enlightening me and my listeners. Any uh, any final word for my listeners? Um, have a good day, guys. Stay humble. And to my favorite band of all time, Slipknot and Lil Wayne, rap artists, I hope, you know, that you may see this one day. You guys are my idols. <laughs> yeah. I grew up with your music, but other than that, no, sir, I appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks for coming on the Mike Durban Show. Yes, sir. Thank you. that's the show everybody thank you so much for listening uh please check out my sponsor tej hanley over at tej.com slash mike durband t-i-e-g-e and that's d-u-r-b-a-n-d get 10 percent off that excellent skincare also there is a sale at pro wrestling tees this friday i believe and it's 20 percent off everything i don't think there's a coupon code this time it's just flat 20 percent off You can get any of my shirts on there. And if you get the brand new Who the Fuck is Adam Hughes t-shirt, the proceeds from that will go to the It's Hughesy Hello Show. 
He doesn't have his own Pro Wrestling Tees page yet, so... Also, uh, check out the uh, Mark World Order t-shirts that Joe Feeney has in his store. Please follow me on social media. Uh, Twitter, I am at Mike Durband. Instagram, Mike underscore Durband underscore show. And YouTube.com slash Michael Durband. I want to thank my guests Ashton, Joe Feeney, and Hughesley. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye for now.